Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got my first repeat guest, Bob Hoffman. He was the author of Marketers Are From Mars and Consumers Are From New Jersey, and his most recent book, Bad Men, How Advertising Went From a Minor Annoyance to a Major Menace. Today with Bob, we talk a little bit about the impetus behind his book, what he talks about in there, and who the enemies are today in regards to ad tech and tracking and surveillance marketing, as he calls it. It's a point of view I think everyone needs to hear these days, because there's not many contrarian points of view in the world. We also take a little diversion, and I hope you like it. We talk a little bit about capitalism, developed markets, and will they collapse in our lifetime, as well as income inequality, which has been a theme that's come up a couple conversations recently I've been having. So I hope you enjoy and get something out of this, and I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note at info at A-T-O-M-C-K dot com or tweet me at A.B. Hart. Well, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. So I want to start this interview out with a question I haven't asked you before, but it's one of my new favorites. Is Okay. What experience of your past defines or makes up who you've become today? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I know. It was I was 12 years old, and Isabel Tarazi said to me, and I quote, Get the fuck away from me, you creep. 
and it had a profound effect <laughs> and impact on me for the rest of my life. No, <laughs> ser seriously, I'd say it was my family. My mother dealt with very difficult hardships, but she remained wonderful and she had a sense of humor. And my entire family were pretty street smart. We all lived within a block of each other, all my aunts and uncles and cousins. And the vibe in the family was very skeptical of authority. And they had a very sensitive, what I would call bullshit radar. And if you said something that was pompous or disingenuous, you got a healthy dose of scorn. And it wasn't always verbal scorn. They'd just look at you, you know, like, who the hell do you think you are <laughs> talking like that? And I think that has uh, stayed with me for the remainder of my life. That kind of defined a little bit about who I am and what I am today, I guess. I, I think so. I think it says a lot. So the last time you were on, it was episode 36 for listeners out there. You said, you know, what drives you is making marketers uncomfortable. And I'm going to paraphrase and to make them think. So yeah. I'm assuming that that's still driving you today. Why is that so important? It's more important now than ever. There's so much confusion in the marketing world. There's so much baloney. There are so many ways to throw away a marketing budget on silly fantasies. I mean, if you spend your time online, you go to like LinkedIn or any marketing content site, and you believe the BS that you're reading, you're going to get into trouble. And it's important that we, I don't know, what sphere am I in? The commentary sphere. Get marketers to think a little more deeply about what they're doing and to question what they're doing rather than going along with the typical stuff that we read and hear. Hmm. Well, so your latest book, Bad Men, how advertising went from a minor annoyance to a major menace. Yeah. So what's up with the men, bad men? Oh, the men. You know, I deal with that in the, hang on, let me get the book. I have it here. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So I say, finally, I want to apologize for the title. I stipulate that advertising is no longer a men's club and that bad men only covers half the landscape. But bad men and women, while technically a more accurate description of reality, is such a cringe-inducing title that I could not in good conscience inflict it on you. Nonetheless, I'm happy to acknowledge that in the advertising industry today, women have proven themselves to be equally irresponsible to their male counterparts, kudos all around. <laughs> so that's my apology uh, for a bad title. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, <laughs> I was wondering, you know, just based on where advertising started, it was a men's club for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah, it sure so. was. Yeah, when I started, it was. Yeah, we probably deserve more of the blame, I'm guessing. Anyway. Yeah, there's no question that we do. What was the impetus for this new book? The impetus for this new book, you know, without uh, being too pompous and having my family look down at me in scorn, for the first time in my life, maybe I did something unselfishly in writing this book. This book is something that I really feel strongly about. I think we are in danger in free societies with all the data that's being 
collected about us. I mean, we used to worry about totalitarian governments, that they would have information on us that we didn't know about, that they would be following us and seeing what we're doing all the time and know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. And, and this was considered the exact opposite of what we wanted free societies to be. And now we're having that, but it's not the government that's doing it, it's the marketing industry. They know what we do, they know where we're going, they know who we talk to, they're following us everywhere we go, and they have secret files on us that we don't know about that influence our lives in ways that aren't really obvious to us, but that affect our lives. And I think it's very dangerous for individuals, first of all, for our privacy and our security, and second of all, for free societies and democratic societies in general. It's not a healthy thing for us to be followed around like this. And the book is going to cost me money. It's not going to make me money because I know I've already lost a few speaking gigs based upon what I've written in the book. But I think it's an important subject and I don't think we're really dealing with it very well. And I don't think there's enough recognition of this problem. Hmm. I hope it doesn't cost you any more money. I think it's a, <laughs> a point of view that needs to be heard. Yeah, I think you're right. But look, I know of two conferences that canceled me because of this already. Hmm. And who knows how many have canceled me that I don't know about that were considering hiring me and didn't. So it's a controversial subject. And it's a subject that I am hoping gets more public exposure. Well, I know this tracking is a big issue you talk big about. Issue. Do you think people care? I hope they do. But yeah. I mean, when I say people, people yeah. walking down the street. Yeah, I don't think they care enough. I think a lot of people have taken for granted that their privacy is already gone. And this is very dangerous. We shouldn't accept this. This can lead to appalling mischief. I hope that I can have or people in the industry can have some effect on educating the public on what's at stake here. Right. It's funny that you're seeing cancellations from time to time, or a couple here that you know of. I mean, it, you're making a case for them to self-regulate themselves yeah. and save the industry, yeah, but, I think. But you know what? The industry has proven itself to be too immature and too irresponsible and too incompetent to self-regulate. And I'm not a fan of bureaucracy, and I hate to say this, but it's time for government to step in and institute some degree of control. I think it's obvious that the advertising and marketing industries are not capable of anything remotely approaching a reasonable degree of restraint. We had our chances and we blew them and it's time for something else. We're not capable of doing it. You talked about the tracking, the files that they're keeping on us. Yeah. Who's to blame for where we are? I blame you, know? you Alan. <laughs> oh, I should have <laughs> anticipated that one. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I think it's essential that advertising survive. Virtually everything that we like about the web is supported by advertising. But we have to find a new model 
of online advertising that is not based on tracking, it's not based on surveillance marketing, and it does not subvert our right to privacy, and it does not disgust the public as the current model of online advertising does, and it does not support fake news and undermine our confidence in our news media, and it allows quality online publishers to make a fair profit from their good work. And this is just another way of saying we need to get rid of tracking. Everything we hate about the web, if you pick up the rock and look under it, there sits tracking. To some degree, everyone in the ecosystem is to blame. Criminals are to blame, and ad tech is to blame, and the duopoly of Google and Facebook is to blame. And, but I think the, the blame falls most heavily on the advertising and marketing industries. We've mm-hmm. turned the web into a nonstop marketing machine. And advertising used to be about imparting information, but now it's equally about collecting information. You know, we call this information data, but data is usually just a pleasanter term for personal private information about us that's being collected 24 hours a day nonstop and traded and sold and exploited by the marketing industry without our knowledge and without our consent. What do you think the answer is? I mean, where do we start? If marketers weren't willing to spend their money on it, would it be there? Yeah, the first thing we have to do is end tracking and surveillance marketing and develop a new model of ad tech that doesn't rely on tracking. Until we do that, nothing is really going to change. Like I said, almost all the aspects of online advertising that we find repellent, you can trace back to the three-headed monster of tracking and surveillance marketing and ad tech. All the half measures, ad blockers and all that stuff, it doesn't deal with the core problem. Those are just band-aids. When tracking is ended, that's when a decent form of online advertising will evolve. Right now, online advertising is so repellent, we have 600 million devices in the world equipped with ad blockers. That's going to do nothing but harm the advertising industry. And it's going to continue. It's growing double digits every year, these ad blockers. And that's because the current model of online advertising is repellent, and people hate it. We're not doing ourselves any favors by continuing down this path. Now, the good news is the European Union in May is going to implement something called the GDPR and may implement something called the e-privacy regulation, which will severely limit the ability of online marketers and online media to collect information about us without our knowledge and permission. And this is going to have, I believe, a major impact on the way online advertising and tracking is currently going. Here in the States, we don't have anything like it yet, and I doubt that we will have anything like it under the current administration, But this is a door that needs to be kicked in, and the European Union is kicking it in a little, and I believe there is enough information now and enough buzz in the world about these issues that maybe here in the States 
we will start to realize that this is an important issue for us to look at. What advice would you give marketers listening to the show today? Oh, that's easy. Buy my book. <laughs> well, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's easy. That. The advice is be skeptical. Don't believe anyone. Everything people are telling you about ad fraud and about viewability, it's all lies. It's all baloney. Nobody knows. You need to verify everything you're being told and you stay away from anything that smells like programmatic. That is just fraud after fraud after fraud. You need to really read up. If you're a marketer, you have to read some of the contrarian, if you will, voices about this. Because what you're being told by the people who are selling this stuff to you and the people who are supported by the people who are selling this stuff to you, in other words, the trade publications and stuff, it's not reliable. It's simply not reliable. You need, read what some of the real experts on ad fraud and viewability have to say, not what the people who are selling you cybersecurity have to say. Read what the independent experts have to say, and you'll be shocked. That's good advice. So I, I do want to step back from Bad Men, the okay. book, but we'll link to the book in the show notes. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, well, and I think everyone should be buying a copy. Yeah, or two. <laughs> you got to read it twice and you need a second copy to read it twice the right way. Yeah. Well, and it's a quick read. It's it a is. quick read too. I am glad to say that I was your first Amazon verified review and it gave you five stars. Well, so. and you're an excellent person. I congratulate <laughs> you on your good taste. Well, I love knowledge and I love hearing other points of view. So it's right. a point of view everyone needs. Thanks, but thanks. I want to try to take a twist and hopefully the listeners like this. A but twist. Okay. get away from marketing for a minute. I'm becoming increasingly worried about society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really concerned that in my lifetime or God forbid my daughter's lifetime, yeah. in one of our lifetimes, we're going to see a, a developed market collapse just with all the things that are going on in the world. Do you think I'm crazy or no. what do you think about that? By a developed market collapse, you mean the West, Western civilization? Exactly. Yeah, a couple of thoughts on that. First, I'm deeply concerned about the concentration of power in too few hands. And I'm gonna relate this back to the web. It was supposed to, the web was supposed to mitigate against that. And it was supposed to be a significant democratizing factor in our lives. And to my mind, it has had the exact opposite effect. Look at the power of Google and Facebook. We need to get our heads out of our behinds and realize that the utopian fantasies about the web have all come crashing down. And, and the, concentrate, the web has not been a democratizing factor. It has helped the oligarchs concentrate power and it's in too few hands. And we need governments that are not bought by these people and aren't afraid to take on the monopolists. It's worrisome to me. And it's true in the advertising industry. The consolidation of the ad industry has been a disaster for everyone except Wall Street. Clients have been hurt. The employees of agencies have been hurt. The media have been hurt. And the public has been hurt. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. The ad industry... I think is in the middle of a slow motion, nervous breakdown, and no one knows how to save. And it's been, to a large degree, it has been the result of all the concentration of power in a few people's hands in the advertising industry. Now, to get to the bigger question of whether we're going to have a developed market collapse, the answer is absolutely. If you go back in history, there has never been a system of government or a type of government that has ever survived. Every government in history that I know about has at some point failed, been replaced by something else. And for us to think that our system of government is somehow exempt from that, I think is delusional. What reason do we believe that our system of government is different from every other system of government that has existed in the history of mankind and has fallen. I don't know what reason we would have to believe that. I certainly don't believe it. You know, they've all been overthrown and replaced. And I guess maybe it's impossible to create a perfect government. And there's always going to be malcontents. And after a while, the malcontents will win and something else will be tried. I think that maybe there was a period in the history of the U.S. where we had thought that we achieved some kind of balance or stasis or something that was going to last forever. Maybe in the 50s, I don't know, you know, you read about that stuff and you think that maybe people believe that. But it's perfectly clear to me that there are a lot of problems in every form of government and we're going to continue experimenting and trying new forms of government until we find one that's perfect, which will never happen. So will there be a developed market collapse? Sure there will. I don't know when it'll happen, but sooner or later, probably, yeah. That's scary. Philip Kotler recently, who's an economist by training. Oh, a smart guy you were talking to. You don't only talk to bozos like me. You talk to smart (laughs) people, too. I like opinions from from everywhere. (laughs) From everywhere. He's been writing about capitalism. Yeah. Uh, he's shifted his focus from marketing for a little bit uh-huh. to capitalism. And it talks about, there's a new book, which I have, it's on order. I haven't gotten uh-huh. it yet, confronting capitalism. But uh-huh. it, my concern is that capitalism is breaking down too. Yeah. As these companies continue to get bigger, yeah. you know, if you go back to the old days, right? Local mom and pop right. store. I could sell goods to people, my neighbors, essentially, the people I go to church with and yeah. things like that. And if I was a schmuck, people would just stop giving me business. Right. But I feel like as you know, mom and pops got bigger and bigger, and now it's you know Walmart or Target or yeah. wherever you go, 
the people making decisions about how they treat people yeah. are so far removed from the right. people that they actually serve. Yeah. And what choice do you have? If I think Comcast is a bunch of schmucks, what choice do I have in getting my cable? I have right. no choice. No, if no I choice. think Bank of America is a bunch of schmucks, so then I go to another bank that's also a bunch of schmucks, what choice do I have in so many in airlines, right? What's mm -hmm. the difference between the United Schmucks and the American Schmucks? <laughs> There's no difference. So you don't have a choice. They treat you like crap. And what choice do you have? You have yeah. none. And that's the problem with, that's one of the problems with consolidation. There are so many industries that have been consolidated that service is not even, you know, they pretend your call is very important to us, right? And then right. you sit there for a 45 minutes waiting for a human being to get on the line. It's all right. bullshit. <laughs> I think this is where marketers, we can bring it back, I guess, yeah. a little bit. Marketers develop and define better experiences for their customers. Yeah, and the sad part is that too many of them don't have to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to their businesses. It's so concentrated that they know that their competition is just as bad as they are. So why go out of your way? Why right. put more people on the call centers? If everyone's going to wait 10 or 15 minutes to talk to a human being, whether it's our call center or someone else's call center, who cares? They don't care. They give a lot of lip service to listening to the consumer and consumer this, and but they don't follow through. Any marketer who is willing to really follow through on customer service has a tremendous advantage these days. Mm -hmm. But there are so few of them who do anything but give it lip service. It's true. But I think experience, customer service, whatever you want to call it, just having empathy for people again. Yeah. To me, the biggest frustration is when I try to, I do a lot of traveling and trying to book something or change a reservation. It's at least an hour. But before I get the right person on the line, before someone picks up at an airline, there are certain things you can do online. But when you're making complicated travel arrangements, it's impossible. When you have three or four stops and, and you need to change one, and it takes me at least an hour and sometimes two hours to do something that I ought to be able to do in five minutes. And anytime I try to reach my insurance company, try to reach any financial institution, try to reach any telecom entity. It's impossible. They make it so difficult. And I understand they have certain restrictions on how much they can spend on customer service, but at least try. At least try to do it a little better. It's discouraging. I know. Well, for marketers out there, focus on experience. Yes, please. very important. Please. Very important. I was just going to take us on another topic, which is near and dear to my heart, mm -hmm. is income inequality. Yeah. I think it's our modern day plague. I mean, you can see it everywhere. You yeah. see it in global conflict, yeah. it, Kim Jong-un, I mean, yeah. everywhere. The big push-pull in democratic societies, there are two different philosophical points of view that are in conflict, and they are equality and liberty. They are in conflict. Equality wants everyone to be fairly treated and to have a fairness about them, 
And liberty wants us each to be free and to do exactly as we choose. And these two things are in conflict. And right now, the idea of liberty is ascendant over the idea of equality. And so what we're getting is supermassive income inequality, you know, and if you're a libertarian, you say, well, that's what liberty is about, the ability to earn as much as you want and the ability to do exactly what you want with what you earn. And, you know, there's an argument there. But if you're an equalitarian, you say, but the massive difference between what some people have and what other people have puts the whole system in danger. And I think it does put the whole system in danger. As I was talking about before, sooner or later, all governments get overthrown and replaced. And if we continue down this path of income inequality, where people who work hard can't earn enough money to live a decent life, it ain't going to last very long. People are not not going to put up with this very much longer. You never know what's going to spark something like this. It can change in two hours. Something could happen to spark something in no time. We need to be more cognizant of this. I don't know what the answers are. I'm just a stupid copywriter. But there has to be some way for us to build a society in which everyone has a reasonable chance. Everyone who's willing to work hard has a reasonable chance to live a good life. Here in the Bay Area where I am, it's so ridiculously expensive. You have to make $100,000 now to live in San Francisco. Otherwise, you can't afford to live in the city. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy for our society. And I I worry a lot. But from a marketer's perspective, I mean, whole markets are drying up as people can't afford to buy things. And business, small businesses, it's hard to survive in a small business now. I mean, when I grew up, I grew up in New York City. Every corner had a luncheonette, and there was a shoe store, and there was a men's clothing store. They've all disappeared. It doesn't exist anymore. It's all in the hands of category killers. It's all McDonald's and department stores, and now it's Amazon. I just don't like what's happening in the consumption. And one of the factors that contributes to this is the unfair advantage that these huge consolidated industries have in Washington. The tax, Mm -hmm. they find ways to move their money offshore so they're not paying taxes on money earned in the States. And the little guy who's trying to run a candy store doesn't have anyone in Washington lobbying for him. When I had my agency, we had a, you know, a small agency by global standards. And, you know, our tax burden, I'll bet you that our effective tax rate was 10% of WPP's effective tax rate. You know, I don't know that for a fact, but I'll bet on it. There are just so many advantages that the big have over the small It needs to be fixed. I sound like some kind of communist here, don't I? (laughs) Well, you do live in San Francisco. (laughs) I'm actually a fairly fairly conservative person when it comes to economics. But this stuff is so unfair. I don't see how anyone can justify a lot of it. 
Well, and I thought it was interesting enough to talk about today because to your point, I've seen people, Buffett has talked about this before, but even people like Ray Dalio, who runs Bridgewater Associates, Mm -hmm. the largest head fund in the world. I've listened to a recent interview with him. He's worried about income inequality. I don't think it's any longer a blue or a red issue. It's an everybody issue. You know, last time we talked, I asked you about the future of marketing might look like. What What did I say? I think you said it was going to be horrible. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was more of the same, I think, was exactly More of the same, only worse, is probably what I said. Yes. You know, I'm really bad. I don't like talking about the future. I find people who talk about the future to mainly be full of crap. I think they talk about the future because the future is the only place you can't be fact-checked, right? Right. Everything you say about the future, who knows? So you can get away with anything. The future of marketing, I don't know what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. So to talk about the future of marketing, I'm just bloviating. But I would say... I think it's going to be totalitarianism. They're going to know everything of the marketing industry is going to know everything about us. It's not going to be healthy. And there's no way that it's not going to lead to appalling mischief sometime soon if we're not careful. We saw it in the recent election with Facebook and the Russian government interfering in our... And what's that based on? It's based on tracking. It's based on them knowing who to reach with what message based on individual beliefs, which they should have no access to. What right does Facebook have to know what our political beliefs are? But they know. They know everything about us. It is a remarkable article in The Guardian like two weeks ago, a woman who went in the UK. The EU has a rule that you're entitled to know what data marketers and online media are collecting about you. No one ever does it, and they make it very hard for you to find this out. But this writer decided she was going to find it out. So she hired like a public interest lawyer and an advocate, and they went to Tinder to find out what information they had on her. Okay? (laughs) You know what she got back? 800 pages. Holy moly. That's war and peace, right? 800 pages they had on her. Can you imagine what Facebook and Google have on us? Can you imagine (laughs) if Tinder had 800 pages? It's mind-blowing. It's beyond belief. We don't need psychologists anymore. We just go to Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what we're thinking. Yeah, she said, Tinder knows more about me than I know. (laughs) Yeah, and it's true. Well, I appreciate you going off script with me today. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming back on the show. My pleasure, Alan. It's always great to talk to you. You have a terrific show, and keep it up. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with project management by Sarah Williams, audio production by Aaron Campbell, writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, 
art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to marketing today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. We love to hear from listeners at info at atomic, A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.